Coming on down. All right, as they're getting their candy and the choir is going to find a seat, let's continue to prepare our hearts for worship as we stand for the doxology. Pray for us, please, sir. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a beautiful day to be here in your house with your people. And Lord, as we celebrate mothers, we remember the birth of mothers. Lord, what a testimony she was and what an example she set of truly being a mother. Now, Lord, as we give back to you a portion of that which rightly belongs, bless us. Well, on special days like this, um, I try to be real sensitive because Mom's Day is not a very happy time for lots of people. Um, for the simple reason that their mom is no longer with them. Uh, so uh, I, I do, I am very sensitive to that. However, uh, we do want to. Um, recognize you moms here today and you moms-to-be that are here today. Uh, you are blessed people. Um, we are blessed because of you. 
what you have done in our lives, what you continue to do in our lives. And you never know, Mom, what kind of mom you are to someone else that maybe doesn't have a mom that is loving and kind and compassionate and caring like you are. I can say that I am, I am blessed uh, with, a, with a Christian mom for all of my life. Um, I can never repay her uh, back for what she has done for me and continues to do for me. Um, and it's a blessing um, to think back over my life and, and, and tell all the good Sunday school days when, when, when she and, and my dad would, would, would take us to church. They took us to church, and they, they had us in church. Not only did they take us, but they were there with us. And I can't think of a more powerful testimony than that. Uh, so I thank my mom um, for all she has done uh, for me. Well, let, I ran across some, some uh, just a couple of things I want to share with us this morning. Mother's Day is traditionally the day when children give something back to their mother for all the spit they produce to wash dirty faces, all the old gum they held in their hands, all the noses they wiped, and all the bloody knees they made well with their kisses. This is the day mothers are rewarded for washing sheets in the middle of the night, driving kids to school when they miss the bus, and enduring all those football and soccer games in the rain. It's a day of appreciation for making your children finish something they said they couldn't do, not believing them when they said, I hate you, and sharing their good times and their bad. What are mothers? Well, mothers are teachers. Mothers are disciplinarians. Mothers are cleaning ladies. Some mothers are gardeners and mowers of lawns. Mothers are nurses and doctors and psychologists and counselors and chauffeurs and coaches. Mothers are developers of personalities, molders of vocabularies, and shapers of attitudes. Mothers are soft voices saying, I love you. And mothers are a link to God, a child's first impression of God's love. Mothers are all these things and much, much more. Thank you, Mom. We want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for mothers. They do so much. And are thanked so little. Lord, for each mom here today, we are so blessed to have them among us. Thank you, O oh God, for their life, their influence, their impact, their love. Lord, continue to bless them. Lord, with all the duties that they have as moms, even though they may not have children still in the house, they will always be a mother. Thank you. 
for these sweet people who do so much. And Lord, for those who have gone before us, those moms who have passed on and are in their eternal home in heaven with you, we thank you for the lasting legacy that they left behind. Now, Lord, as we continue in worship, I pray, Father, that we would continue to thank our mothers. Not just this day, but every day. And Lord, remind us of that model prayer as you taught your disciples many years ago. As we pray that together, our Father, who art in heaven, Number 198. Let's stand as we sing. Remain standing in your bulletin. You'll find a copy of um, or 
printout of the Apostles' Creed if you'd like to follow that along as we affirm our faith together this morning. I believe in God. be blessed at this time by one of our own, Miss Lacey Harrington. Come and come and bless our hearts through song, Lacey. Thank you.
Well, how could we go through Mother's Day without a Mother's Day testimony? Ms. Celeste, come and share with us, please. I probably don't need this. I'm probably loud enough without it. When I think of mothers and my mother, one word comes to mind, love. A mother's love, what can compare? When we think of all the sacrifices they make for their children and grandchildren, it could fill a book. They love their children during the worst and best of times. They give up time, they shed tears, and they wake to meet the many needs of the day for so many people. They run households, they attend meetings, they plan meals, they babysit above and beyond the call of duty, especially if they happen to be a grandmother. They toil day and night for such little reward. Their days of being a mother never end. They seem to have the ability to cram more into one 24-hour time period than anyone else can accomplish. They have stamina to endure. No love on earth can compare to the love of a mother for her children. It's a love that I've grown to appreciate over the years. As a teacher, I've seen what it means to have a loving, caring mother. As a mother, I've realized how much a mother loves. You really appreciate the love of your mother when you become one. Mothers make up a crucial part of our lives. So it's important for us to give our love to these dedicated women in our lives and don't take them for granted. So on Mother's Day, we, the recipients of their love, sacrifices, and dedication, must rise to the occasion and say thank you for all you have done and continue to do for us. Thank you, and I'm sure we could go around the building to, today and everyone could say just how much they appreciate their moms. Well, I, I don't want to preach necessarily a Mother's Day message, so I'm going to incorporate all of us into the message this morning under God's leading. Godly Moms, Godly Church. Turn uh, in your Bible, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, to a familiar passage of Scripture uh, to all of us. <clears throat> Hold it there, and then we'll read that in just a few moments. Read a cute little quote or a little part of a story this week that goes something like this. It's a mother of three was asked, if you had to do it over again, would you have children? Absolutely, she replied, but not the same ones. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that applies to any in here or not. I'm sure we could all say that at some point. I'd like to speak just a few moments, as I've said, as always, under, under God's leading this morning. On an incredibly powerful force. You know, we think of the atomic bomb and all these 
devastating things that could could destroy the United States in one press of a button. But I'm convinced in my heart after studying this this week and looking over this and thinking about love. It's the most powerful force there is. Love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's begin with verse 1 and go through verse 7. Reads this way. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Can I stop there to say this? If Scripture says if we can speak in tongues of men and, and we can carry on conversations with angels... If we're given the gift of prophecy and we can figure out all the mysteries in the world. We give all that we possess to the poor. We even have our body burned at the stake, if you will. But have not love, Scripture says, I gain nothing. Let me give you... An equation to always remember. Anything minus love equals zero. Anything minus love equals zero. Now let's look at four, five, six, and seven. If you would, put your name in place of the word love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The wonderful word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this portion of scripture. And I pray now that you would speak to our hearts. We pray in your name. Amen. This powerful force called love, as you have heard already, causes a mom to sacrifice her sleep. Causes a mom to sacrifice her time. Get this, young people. Please understand what mom does for you. And even her personal ambitions for the sake of her children. A job takes on a bigger purpose. When a man is working to provide for the family that, yes, he loves. And people have even died willingly out of love in order to save someone or to rescue someone. 
as I thought about that, I could not help but think that is exactly what Christ Jesus did for us. He willingly died out of love in order to do what? To rescue His creation, you and me. We delight, church, we delight in the love that Christ has for us. Won't you agree? But there's something we must understand, that we as His children, we're told to have the very same kind of love that He has for us. John 15, 12 says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Have you ever thought about the enormity of that verse? How big and how profound that verse is? As I was thinking about that this week, and and I think you'll agree with me, that loving like this sometimes seems impossible in our strength. We can't do it by ourselves. But I was also reminded by, by this fact, that anything God commands us to do, He gives us the ability to do it. The Apostle Paul's love chapter that we just read part of in 1 Corinthians 13 shows us, at least showed me, and I hope it does to you as well, the importance of this command and how big of a deal it really is. I'll put on your, on your handout three types of love and you've, and you've seen those and, and you've heard those before. Eros, which is the sexual kind of love between a man and a woman. Phileo or filio, which refers to brotherly kind of love, friendly affection. And then agape love, which refers to unselfish love, the sacrificial love. It's that love that when we commit to another person's well-being, their security, their, their best interest, and not caring what... They pay us back with. The only way, as I thought about agape love, the only way for you and I to love the quote-unquote the agape way is to have God's love flowing through us into others. Now think about it. When was the last time our love flowed through us into the heart, into the life of someone else? You see, the only way that can happen is for the Holy Spirit to be indwelling our hearts, giving us the capacity to love. Let's never forget 1 John 4, 19 that says this, We love because He first loved us. Back to the text that we read just a few moments ago. Paul uses character traits. Paul uses actions. Get this. Not necessarily to define love, but to describe love. He's not, he's not saying that, that we're to feel love for everyone, but that we are to live in such a way that God's love fills us and overflows to others. Folks, I have a hard time believing that that's the way of the world. That's not the way of the world. We, even as believers, many times don't love as God loves. I read a book entitled 
Love does. I encourage that read for any of you. Love does. Let me say this to us. Love is only love when it acts. A-C-T-S. And that's what Paul is presenting to us here this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's love put on display. It's love being demonstrated. The kind of love that God demonstrated in Romans 5, 8 that says, But God demonstrates His love towards who? Towards you and towards me. In that while we were yet sinners, what did Christ Jesus do? He died for us. So what should Christ-like love look like in a godly woman? In a godly church. We'll get through these quickly. First. Christ-like love is considerate. It is considerate. Verse 4 says, love is patient. Love is kind. As I read that, I said, you know what? We live in an imperfect world because we are imperfect people. So we have to deal with imperfect people. And it makes it difficult sometimes to love those people. And because of that fact, it may result in frustration and irritation and impatience and anger. Have you been there before? Let's be honest today. Have we been there before? Any of those things characterize us? But when we put on display that agape love, that unconditional selfless love that we're supposed to, I might add, we're more easily or we're more apt to bear with that annoying trait or behavior of someone else. Or that person that may mistreat us or talk about us. So Christ-like love is considerate. Secondly, Christ-like love is unselfish. Unselfish. Paul lists the attitudes and actions that flow from being Selfish. And of course, those things are not compatible with genuine love. And look at some of those things he mentions in verse 4. As he mentions envy and, and boasting and being rude and being self-centered or self-seeking and being angry. All of those things. What are those things rooted in? Self-importance. Being self-absorbed. You see, those offenses or the offenses, the injuries, the injustices of others can certainly cause outbursts of anger and retaliation and as well as sinful words and actions. And boy, those words are hard to swallow sometimes. This kind of behavior demonstrates that people with these attitudes are controlled by selfish desires not coming from the Holy Spirit. Well, he also describes, I believe, godly women and godly and a godly church in that same passage where he says <clears throat> in verse 4 and 5, it's patient, it's kind, it keeps no record of wrong, it does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Do those things characterize us? church and then thirdly and lastly Christ-like love endures it endures
you do know that there are only two things in life that are eternal. Your and my soul and God's Word. Two things. I like what the New Living Translation reads, verse 7. It says this, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Mom, how many times have you been right there on the verge of just throwing in the towel? I can't do nothing with him. I can't do nothing with her. Boy, I'm thankful that that my mom didn't throw in the towel on me. She kept picking me up and washing me off and cleaning behind my ears and making sure everything was okay. Christ-like love endures. 1 Peter 4, 8 says this, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. A very, very brief message this morning, but I think with some very serious points, challenges, and even promises. But can I say this to us? Let's remember this. I hope you wrote this down. Love is only love when it acts. Moms, God is speaking to you today. Dads, God is speaking to us today. The rest of you who don't fit in those two categories, guess what? God is speaking to you this morning. And He's asking this question to to all of us. Are we putting love into action? Remember, love does. The Great Commission says that we are to go. Are we putting love into action? Can I say this in, in, in closing? If not, we, we truly need to take a, a self-examination. We need to look at ourselves in the mirror and ask this question. Am I really a child of God? Am I really a child of God? If love is not in action in our daily lives, we need to truly ask that question. Am I really a child of God. Because Scripture tells us that others will know that we are His children if what? We have love one for another. It's not just saying, I love someone and care for someone. But it's indeed in doing something, putting it into action. Pray with me. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for the message that You have sent to each of us Moms, dads, church alike. All of us, O oh God, need to hear your word. All of us, O oh God, need to be challenged by your word. God is so plain in your word today that you told us. You showed us very clearly what love is. The Lord, it's more than just a definition. Lord, but it is a description. It is described. Lord, we're to demonstrate love. We're to put on display the love, first and foremost, that we have for you. And when we put that love on display, Lord, it's easy to love others because we love you first. You're at the top of the list. And how can we go wrong? 
when we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then you tell us in your word that it's a lot easier to love our neighbor and to love those people who ridicule us, who talk about us, who make fun of us, who put us down, who call us names. So Lord, remind us, the only way we can love is because you first loved us. I pray in Christ's name and for His sake. Amen. Our hymn of dedication number 299. Let's stand as we sing. I'm, I'm sorry, 399. 399. 399.